podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sometimes saving money takes work, but when you switch to Xfinity Mobile, it's easy. You'll save hundreds a year on your wireless bill and get nationwide 5G included at no extra cost. Wow. That was easy. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. This is OK. Finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, on Dombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura. Welcome, welcome, welcome again to another episode of Touchline Hotspur. I've got a wide, varied cast here. Um, how you doing, Owen? Very well, mate. Very well. Um, I've got my judgmental cup of coffee again, so I feel like I'm going to need it in this episode. I've just got a feeling. <laughs> but there's nothing even in here. I just wanted to sit here. I've got, got the props here. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is. <laughs> ready, ready, say. I'm like in the background. <laughs> yeah, I'm missing, you know, buzzword. Buzzword, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting the pace from earlier. Sitting the pace from earlier. Uh, Oh, man, I love it. Teacher, how you doing, man? I'm blessed, bro. I'm blessed. Looking forward to today. Got a lot to get off my chest, so I'm just ready and raring to go. Yeah, <laughs> energy. I went, oh, okay. There's going to be energy today. I feel it. Come so, on, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I got my water in hand, getting my throat ready, because obviously I'm going to have to argue with a couple, man. <laughs> I want to see a Triple H. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to lay the smack down on a couple, man. Shout out, shout out, Stone Cold Steve Tyler, idiot. <laughs> Time to play the game. Uh, Tops, my uh, guy, how you doing, man? Yeah, good, man. Happy to be back. Uh, obviously, just had a little break uh, with the missus and just, as you can see from my picture, been hearing a lot of rubbish this week when it comes to transfers. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get my, my views out on these points, so let's go, innit? Mm-hmm. Well, it's been, I think it's been, it's been like a busy week. It's been a busy week. Um, I want to start with the documentaries. We've got the three new episodes out. 
And um, I don't know, like we could jump straight into the fire. Like I think the main highlight of the first um, episode that came out, or, or, yeah, it was the first one that came out, was the Danny Rose transfer, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's episode five. That's that episode five. Yeah. Okay. So what was episode four actually? Let's start there. So episode four was around um, obviously the in the sort of like the tail end of the winter break, or I say winter break, the tail end of the winter pilot, the fixture pilot, and obviously injuries. Um, mm. Harry Kane. Um, Harry Kane. I can't remember who else was off. Zorko. Harry Kane. Danny. Son. Zoko. Zoko. Zombele, etc., etc. So um, obviously Tanganga coming in. So they just gave a little sort of background on obviously uh, Jaffet's journey. Um, obviously his performance against Liverpool, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, yeah, that was pretty much it. It was literally just injuries and Jaffet Tanganga. That was it. <laughs> I mm. thought that yeah, they 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 definitely made a big deal out of it. Like I think they that is. Um, if we feel like Mourinho used to play like all the players or he had that reputation, I think they're definitely trying to push that he's bringing like that younger player into the squad, even though it was forced by injuries and stuff. But the kind of things he was saying, like mm. a youthful player brings a new energy to the squad. It makes people get that fear. I liked when he was saying that, like he's saying having, having Tanganga around, it puts that fear into other people that like you have to play for your position, if you get what I mean. Like it's not that comfortable feeling where everyone can just play like and feel... Um, like la- la- laborious kind of play, if you get what I mean. Like, and yeah, I, I love the energy. Man. I love the energy. Mm. What do you guys think of Tanganga? Has he got a, a role to play this this season coming up? Oh, for sure. Um, um, I kid, hope so. The kid's just got a level head as well, which you always look for in a young player. Like, he never really seems too flustered, and obviously, he got thrown to the wolves in his first game. So, mm-hmm. it's good to see how he just put money in his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> energy. energy. He looks mm. like a guy who's, who's he looks like he's got experience beyond his years, definitely. Yeah, and really all thinks highly of him, which is a good sign. Definitely. So, you like to think that he'll get enough time on the pitch to develop properly. Um, there's a good, there's a good center back, but the thing is, I, I wonder if he's going to stay in that center back position or if he's going to find himself wide doing a full back role. I, I feel like he's stronger in a center back than he is in a right back role. Um, but it's one of those ones where he's not really going to find a spot over the likes of Ardavira or the Sanchez or even Dyer just yet. So he may need to find a home covering that, covering that right wing or that left wing. I think he could do like a, he could do like a sort of like a Jordan, not Jordan, sorry, Nathan Ake. Because um, obviously when he was initially breaking through and getting game time in the Premier League at the various clubs he went to on the he was playing. He was playing left back. So he was playing left back. It was only until he signed for Bournemouth permanently that he sort of moved into that centre back position, his natural position. So I see no reason why Tanganga, for the mean, for the for the initial sort of part, can't sort of do something similar. I do like him. I, I don't think he's an elite prospect. I don't think he's going to be this unbelievable player over the years, over the next couple of years. But I do mm-hmm. think. He will be a player that will contribute a lot to our team, and I think that he's someone who can, who can definitely go up a couple of gears as well. And like Sai said, yeah. I think he's got sort of the right mentality. That's what you need more than anything as well. In addition to the quality, he's got the the, the level headedness as well. So yeah. I think you need to show some ambition and try and nail down that centre back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like I, I like him a lot, but I think like. He's super, super grounded. It's, he came across super, super grounded. Obviously, very family orientated. 
Like, and one thing I really liked about like the way they portrayed him was that there's something also quite like human about him. Because even though he's a footballer, he's like a young footballer, and you know he knows that having been at the club all these years, getting the opportunity, it's obviously exciting, but it's obviously nerve wracking. And, you know, everything he's kind of done up to this point in his life, which a lot of people kind of forget as well, is that, you know, footballers have been playing football since they were kids and everything that they do up to this point is for this opportunity. So I quite like that he was able to kind of show that and express that in the documentary as well. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's good sort of like, um, that I guess, the light that they've shown on um, Tanganga in that, during that episode, because it leads us on to the next episode where um, we can see like it caused that friction, like it did put that fear into, into some guys. Like, yeah. so I mean, yeah. um, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll start, I want to start by saying, yeah, I fully, 100%, I love the energy though. I love the energy. I loved it. I loved Bro, it. Bro, I loved it. Walk into the gaffer's room, like, can, can we have a yeah, word? Yeah, let me like, have, have a word. Have a yeah. word, man. You know, word. Come out here, come outside, come outside. From the off, he was on smoke. I could yeah, just I thought that was the first time he ever turned up early for training as well. <laughs> <laughs> early, I thought he came early. He came early. And you know what? You know why? You know why he had every right to be on smoke as well? Because Mourinho, I think a couple episodes, he addressed the whole team and he said, he said, guys, um, I'm gonna be honest with you as well. Trust me, if I'm not, if I'm not um if you're not in my plans or whatever, you'll be the first to know, blah, 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 rare tear, tear. Mm. So obviously yeah, Danny Rose has come back to fitness and he's seeing a washed up Yamba Tongan playing. injured. He's seeing a centre-back, a right-sided centre-back playing left-back as well. So he had, I, I don't care how bad Danny Rose was, he was bad, but he had every right to go into that office and ask him, yo, why, why aren't I playing? A man was saying, yeah, there are other players in their team who are playing just as bad and getting and keeping their spots. And he was right. He I was can't lie. he was hitting Mourinho with the facts, man. Yeah. Before he went into that conversation, he said to himself, I'm not gonna hear no bullshit today. No one's <laughs> gonna try and fluff over any kind of nonsense. You're not gonna confuse mm. me. Mourinho tried to give him the spill, try to give him the whole, yeah, your opinion is like no. He weren't hearing it. He weren't hearing it. And he what he was no mad one. as well was that the way he was trying to call out, but he didn't call out. He was in a way trying to call out some players, being yeah, like, "These bad are sh." There's, there's like <laughs> other guys who are clearly shit, and like I'm sitting on the bench. Why am I sitting on the bench? And these other men are playing like. Mm. Personally, I'm think... training shit in the game. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Jose kills me though. That's your opinion. What's <laughs> your perspective? <laughs> your perspective, yeah. Was it the same episode, the episode after where, where he walked up to Daniel Levy and was like, yo, what go on for the trip? Yeah. What go on for you the know, they had another conversation in it which didn't make the cut. Yeah. That was yeah. certainly, yeah, they just had another chat. But you know, you know, like, where I think Rose lost Mourinho, yeah, and this is where I keep arguing with a lot of people, I think it was like everything. Up to that point, maybe like where he was calling the team shit, I, and even that part where he was saying other people are shit, I think justified, like hundred percent justified, and with the energy. But then when he starts talking about like the excuses and things, like well, if it's not like this, I'm gonna go home, or just tell me <laughs> I'll go home, or um, but the other thing he said, like oh yeah, I'll go to Daniel, I'm gonna go to Daniel, I'm gonna have a word, like that part there, I was thinking, oh, this ain't it. Like what happened to the? I thought it was the fire. I thought it was like I want my place. You know what I mean? I'm not seeing them man play there again. Like I want. I want to be starting that game. I thought it was going to be energy, but then it seemed to just kind of like fizzle yeah. out. Felt like it was in the rain. Like. 
I thought it abruptly ended a bit too soon, like in that sense as well. Like, I thought that was like a lot of people on um a lot of our fans on Twitter were kind of saying, like, oh, this uh this conversation, I can't believe they even aired this. Like this is crazy. Rose is toxic and um <laughs> nah, the, the the whole psychology is really interesting with um with Danny Rose, especially because there is this really easy narrative around him that he is this toxic uh, influence in the dressing room and as um, most people know he was a bit of a teacher's pet with Pochettino as well so no one really knew how he would react to a new manager coming in and um, you see initially like I think it was the end of episode four where Rose was the first to congratulate Tanganga on that performance for Liverpool um, there was a little segment with uh, Lucas Moura as well which I loved because he was calling him out for doing something dumb. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like a certain run he made or certain parts. He was like, what are you doing? But it's just calling him out, calling him out. And the conversation he had with Mourinho kind of escalated to a point where I thought, okay, this is where it's going to get interesting. And then he abruptly left. Like I wanted to hear names. And um, I guess it would be mainly because of the cameras there and he's a bit aware of that and so is Jose but I wanted to hear names like I have a rough idea of who I think he'd be mentioning as well I think Toby mentioned one of them um but then he could kind of like go in depth about why I should be playing over him and rah 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 instead of it abruptly ending like that was the only issue with me I thought it kind of ended a little bit childishly and like selfishly I just wanted to hear more as well and like they could really have it out because I didn't think that conversation was for me by well, any means. Like for me as well, I felt exactly how you, what you said. It felt like at the beginning, it felt like he was fighting like for what he mm. wanted, yeah? and then it felt like he kind of gave up or he got a bit soft and he just kind of yeah, like yeah, he just showed his belly a bit. And and maybe I think what got me, what got to me about that is that's had the problem that Spurs have had a lot over like the past few years like sometimes it seems like we have the right energy at the beginning and we get yeah. to a certain point and it's like just roll over and it's like I don't know man if maybe maybe it's just like I'm just being a bit picky over the over the moment do you know what I mean but what did you just, want him to do though I wanted him to to end it on the note like do you get what I mean like I want to see something do you know what I mean like I'm, I'm I, if I'm if I'm going to put in my work in training I want to be in that first team bro. I don't want to see nobody playing over me again something like that like Mourinho even asked him really like who do you want me to play over you and he didn't say himself like he said who do you want me mm. to play instead he didn't say himself he didn't back himself it's like he gave up he kind of lost himself I don't think he gave up I think he laid out his 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 um his thoughts to Mourinho he's got his thoughts out he's not keeping it bottled up and I think another thing that we need to take into consideration is he's a player Mourinho is a manager. This is a player manager dynamic. A lot of people are like oh he lost me when he said this he lost me when he said that Players and managers are not best friends. They're going to have these situations where they're going to get into get into heated arguments or get into situations where one airs their opinion and the other one airs their opinion as well. I think he, everything he said there was spot on. And the fact that Mourinho didn't play him after that, it just goes to show. It just goes yeah. to show. We can call it a spade, though. A lot, of, a lot of men that feel the way about uh, the way that Rose speaks in the public eye, they're just soft in it. Like, they've never had a real conversation with anybody. Mm. Probably the man that, that, that yeah. the manager asked them to stay late and they're like, yes, sir, yes, sir. Like, even when they got plans and that. But biggest takeaway for me is my man had ambition, in it? Like, 
He knew he wasn't going to play. So he was like, oh, no, no. He so this guy. <laughs> no, no, no. So bad this guy tonight. You say he, he had ambition. <laughs> funny when he was all when he was all up in Levi's breakfast, being like, hey, exactly. really? man, thought, man oh, took a bite of his sausage yeah, and was like, yo, Dan, what's, what's with the transfer, innit? Send me to Milan. <laughs> I like Milan how much he backs himself as well, because if he meant AC Milan, like Teo Hernandez is balling out over there as well. Like he's probably the best left back in that league, and he's just like, yeah, let me go nicer over there. I was like, I don't know if you're getting in that team, bro. Like, I actually rate Rose very highly, and. I've been an advocate to him, like, for him to have almost, like, a last dance, if you will. Like, I'd be happy for him to stay on this season if Mourinho and the team were happy to, even though um, it looks like news come out tonight that he looks to be off to Genoa. But I would have been happy for him to play on. And if anything, like, that whole conversation as well, I think Mourinho actually encourages those type of conversations. Mm. Mm. Is there a worry here, considering the fact that He's obviously, he's now on camera. Like, everyone knows the conversation that he held between himself and Mourinho. And then suddenly he got shipped to Newcastle. In terms of setting examples for other players, is there a worry now that other, other players might not necessarily feel confident in terms of having that same heart-on-your-sleeve conversation with the manager <laughs> due to no. could end up getting shipped? No, no man. Sometimes, someone, you know, honestly, if you think about, like, this, I think... Similar to what Sai uh, si said, some men are just built differently, man. If mm. he has a conversation with Mourinho and Mourinho says, listen, from my perspective, you're not performing well, you're not in the team, his perspective was, fine, you're not going to play me, I'm going to go to Danny Levy and I'm going to try to get a move. Certain other men are going to be like, you know what, I'm going to prove to you that I'm good enough to be in this team. And sad as it seems even though he's been a loyal servant, it's, it, it has now come across that way because now it looks like he hasn't been in a team purely because either Mourinho doesn't want to pick him, but he doesn't really want to stay and fight for his place either because maybe he thinks, oh, his place, he should be a starter. He doesn't play, or well, he's not as bad as other members in the team or that position has basically always been his. No, man, I, I think in this life, you've got to either work hard or you've got to be competitive. Mm. The two are very, very different. I think some, that's been... Some men, are, some men are built that way, man. That's all. Yeah. I think that's Mourinho's psych as well. Like, I, honestly, I think he wanted to kind of trigger that kind of fire in him to kind of him turn around, then to have that conversation and then for Danny Rose to say to him, you know, I want to, like, I have this fire in my belly now. I want to play because you're playing people like Jan Vertonghen, who's like dilly-dallying on signing new contracts. So you're playing him to <coughs> kind of nice him the minutes and try and convince him to stay. Eric Dier at that point as well. Like, he improved a lot after lockdown but him coming back from that appendix injury and being seen as that person that can fill that defensive midfield role like he looked way up sorts but, I swear if maybe for even one or two games he had Tanganga playing left back as well he did, he did. yeah he did yeah. which which for, for, for I imagine for him must have been the pinnacle of violation only because yeah, he's a seasoned left back at Tottenham seasoned experience in the Premier League Tanganga, fair play, had a good game against Liverpool and a few games after that in the FA Cup, etc. But for him then to be starting in the left-back role while Danny Rose is sitting on the bench, that's what, when he said a slap in the face, that's specifically mm. what he was referring to. It must mm. have been. Because to be fair, I would consider that a slap in the face as well. Do you know what? I don't know how well, you guys feel about that, but for me, that was a violation. I, I could see it. I could definitely see it. And I mean, looking back with the benefit of hindsight, <coughs> you could say that we missed Rose as well last season. Like, it wasn't 
it wasn't like a, a open and shut case like oh he left and mm. then everything was great and rosy do you know what I mean like there's definitely a role he could have played so I think for me as well like that that is the most disappointing part it's not like he's gone on to Newcastle and done something amazing there as well yeah. do you know what I mean it's just like like Owen said I think I would have liked to have seen like that last battle that last fight for that position making it his yeah going out on a positive mm. so um what do you think do you guys think um Danny Rose off to Genoa is a good move? No. Not for him. Like, good no, for us, not, not for him. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to Google all their players to be fair. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that. that I don't you. think he wants that move either. I just think that's, I don't think there's much available for Danny Rose. And that's purely because he's not really had much game time. Mm-hmm. Like at Newcastle, he didn't exactly cover himself in glory. Who's these? So, it is alright. I think they had 10, 10, 10 games in it. They had a couple of good wins, like they beat United, I think. He was decent. I thought I feel a bit sorry for him to be honest. I think yeah. he's going outside. Um I think this is a player who's been at the club for like over ten years. Um I just feel like obviously injuries have taken its toll and I think the way because he's because of his outspoken nature and his performances in the last sort of like year and a half or so, no one really wants to take a punt on him, but I still think he would do a reasonable job for quite a lot of Premier League sides. It's a weird one. Yeah, it's yeah. A weird one. You can definitely get a better move than Genoa. That's for sure. You'd expect someone like Everton to find a place for Danny Rose, you know. Yeah. Well, I think he wants to play. That's Dinya the, there. Yeah. Not, he ain't gonna play. He ain't gonna play ahead of Dinya. So. Yeah, he's not. How, how would how would you rate that window, Tobes? If they if they got Danny Rose. Whatever. <laughs> 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 I'm not the only ambassador here, you know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Who wants to smoke? Side my neck, but we'll get to that. We'll get oh to my that. days! Hey, before we go into into that kind of ambition, yeah, what do you guys think of Levy's ambition? With um, I feel like the times when Levy shows ambition are times like when um, like when he's saying to Ericsson, like. We have to get 20 million for you. Like, you can't leave on a free. Like, that's the, those are the only times I can see him show that real ambition, if you get what I mean. Whereas, um, with transfers, like, he does love to go on about how hard it is. But I feel like other people get it done. I don't know where you guys stand on this. Like, um, it was interesting to see him get the Berwin deals. And the, so, the Eriks, I think it was Ericsson going out, Berwin coming in. And then within a week, Berwin scoring against Man City. Do you get what I mean? Like, it just feels like the fairy tale transfer situation. So yeah. I don't know. Does does Stephen Berwing happen if Ericsson doesn't go? Is that is that ambition from him? Like, side, you want to take that one? I think I think it's an indicator. To be fair, I, I I just think for me, like Levy gets a bad rap, and someone on the internet is going to call me a, an apologist, and I'm going to tell them to suck their mother. But um, <laughs> like the thing, the thing. The thing about him, right, is he's done everything in a business sense to put us in a position where we can even contemplate using the term ambition in describing our club. So as far as I'm concerned, when you build such a such a good training facility, great stadium, you get all of these commercial deals done, what is that? Is that him him just padding his pockets? Of course not, because we are going into market. We are spending 46 mil on Sanchez. We're spending... 50 mil on Endombele, we're spending 27 on this player, 27 on that player. And yeah, they're not world record fees and they're not these household names from the offset. But realistically, who, who is doing that? We're talking Man City, Manchester United, Chelsea. Those are the only teams in the Premier really doing it. Yeah. So 
we got to be smarter, both as a club and as fans, to say, all right, cool. We could have done better in certain situations, but the team that got us closest to success was all a bunch of guys that weren't household names in the first place. The Ericsons, the Lamellas, the Chadleys, the Capoos, all of them, man, came in, and that's what elevated us to the next level. If we go five years before that, we had Modric, Berber, all of them, man, I had to Google. So this whole ambition talk is like some warped, like sense of entitlement bullshit that has been learnt from watching them other men down the road basically get a stadium and have their their uh, owners gas them up and be like, oh, we're going to be competing with Bayern. And then they lose their best. They lose one of their prospects to Bayern and he wins a fucking Champions League. Like, that's the extent of their ambition. So if we want to emulate them, man, by splurging money on all of these men that don't get us any better, so be it, innit? But the be thing is, man, wish for. The thing is, the thing is, Daniel Levy, though, is ambition isn't just, oh, spending 80 million on one, on one player. I agree with you. Daniel Levy's done a lot of good. And in, in a business sense, he's, he's probably arguably one of the best things to happen to Spurs in terms of the business. Like, where, where we were when he first came to where we are now, worlds apart. But the problem with Daniel Levy here is that it's not just a case of signing a player for 80, 90 million, one player. The problem is having the ambition to do the necessary or do the necessary or make the tough decisions on the pitch. That is the problem. It's all fine spending 42 million on Davison Sanchez, et cetera, et cetera, and all these players. But when we actually need, when we went in key moments, when we've needed that little bit extra, that's where, that's where this ambition for Daniel Levy goes ghost. That's well, the problem. Van der Vaart was one of them, man. No, Van der, Vaart, Van der Vaart was amazing, but I'm saying at key moments, especially in our most successful period over the last sort of four or five year stretch under Pochettino, the, the best manager we've had in the Premier League, where was this, where was this ambition? This it, was in, it, was in, it was in actually tying players down to big contracts. Which, you, which, 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 which big contracts? Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Yeah, next. Ericsson to your thing. Ericsson, Ericsson Bellet's on, on good money. Okay, we've got to remember the stadium was getting built as well. Which yeah, was... of course. Of course the stadium was getting mm. built. But again, these are, these are excuses. I'm not, a, I'm not a Daniel Levy out hater, but I can acknowledge the faults that he's made in our team. We had no... Last, last season, when we were... Or the season before that, sorry, the 18-19 season and whatnot, we sell. We let Dembele go off on a um, for eleven million to that to that club. I had no issues with selling Dembele, but it's impossible that you then think that it's appropriate for you to not bring in a single player in a period where we had injuries galore in that position. We had Harry Kane injured. We had um, Dele Ali injured. So Sissoko um, and Harry Winks in and out of injury as well. It's inconceivable that you would think that it's appropriate for you to not bring in another player. Let's rewind back to. Um, the season after we finished third, where Pochettino, by all by all expect by all means, has exceeded Levy's expectations and more. I get that we're building a stadium, but it's at that point in time, you have to go out there and build on this team. Build on this team. What does he do? He waits and waits and waits, and then deadline day he panic buys and gets a, a championship player in Sissoko for thirty million. And you lot, and you lot are telling me that there's that this guy shows ambition. I'm not saying he doesn't show any ambition, but I'm saying on the pitch. On the pitch, that that sort of position that you want to take, it's been wavering over the last. And if if, if we only focus on the failures as an indicator of ambition, it's not failures. Then why, why 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 have we had Gareth Bale at the club? Why have we had all of these men that that are some of the most 
glorious footballers we've seen in in a space of time where this man has been at the helm. I get your point. Fine. I get your point. Sit there and like for me, the only the only the only period of time where I say far none that he fumbled the bag was when we brought in Ryan Nelson with his grey hair and fucking Louis Saha with his two left feet. Like for me, mm. that's yeah. the only period. But realistically, if we're if we're critical, would any of you man given Redknapp any money yes. in that period? Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, we were third. We were third. We were third. Challenge for a title. Didn't Redknapp buy Modric though? We were third. No, I think Modric. Wasn't it a Evie buy or something? That was through. That was that was. That was Damien Camoli. Camoli, yeah, Camoli during one day Ramos were in. That was that was a January. That was that was a January a January sort of deal under the season when the Ramos had before before he got sacked anyway. But like you just said, Sai, like, I'm not one of these people who would say, oh, yeah, it's all bad. You can acknowledge the good Daniel Levy did. We got an Alderweireld for 11.5 million. We got Sun Young Min for 22, 22 million. When there's good players that are available within his price range, he's shown that he can go out and get those players for us. But the problem with Daniel Levy is, one, especially over the last two or three years, we've not seen... It's either we see nothing on the pitch at all in terms of investment or we see not enough, if that makes sense. Last year, we spent, by all accounts, we spent, we bought in Ndombele, et cetera, et cetera. We still needed a centre-back. We still needed full-backs. We still needed a striker. We didn't bring any of those in. You had the January window to do some of those things. You only bring in one winger. winger. The following, um, and now this summer as well, we need a striker. We need a centre-back. We need a left-back. All of these positions need filling. We've only brought in a goalkeeper, so fair enough, defensive midfielder and a right back. We still need these positions. So, so the transfer is the only way to show ambition on the pitch. No, not, not giving, not giving every manager that comes in a prerequisite to play entertaining, attacking football, mm. right? And and still finishing the top four or. Wait, wait, wait. So what you think that he's given Mourinho a prerequisite to play? Of course he has. <laughs> he has. They discovered. They discovered. Yeah, they discovered. They discovered. They discovered. They discovered. They discovered. Tell me what I'm watching week in, week out, if he's giving me... <laughs> no, but no, but I... He, do you know what? That's what's so mad about the documentary as well, is that us fans who go and watch the games and we sit in the stands and see them, like, for instance, that game, that second half against Norwich, that first half against uh, Olympiacos, you think, what is he telling the players? But then when you look at the documentary and he, he's openly telling these guys, go out and attack, go out and be free, mm. go and do your thing. Basically... Show me what you show me what you can do. So, like, there must be some some level of disconnect in terms of whether people want us to play ambitious football or not. I personally put it on the players, and I've actually always put it on the players. I think the players are the ones who have actually let specifically Pochettino when it came to his tenure. Fine, maybe his his his, his methods were a bit they they were a bit old or maybe overdone. But if you look at what we're, what we're watching on the documentary. The players have the ability. And Mourinho's not saying to them, lock up shop, hold the defence. He's telling them to go out and be free. But for some reason, these guys are not playing ambitious. I'm sorry, like, like you well, know, they, they work. What if, I told, what if I told you I believe that some of this is for show? What if I... Would that be... Would, would that be yeah, a right. <laughs> no, it could be, absolutely. Would be oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. What if I, yeah, honestly, what if I told you a lot of this is for show? Because for all he's saying, for all he's saying on camera, you cannot... 
go and watch us against Bournemouth and Leicester, the match we won 3 0, and tell me that this guy's telling them to go and attack. He's not telling them to go and attack. He's telling them to follow his game plan, and you're seeing his game plan executed perfectly. Wait and wait and wait. Retreat. At the same time, though, the, the game the game plan the game plan gets a little bit of a bad rap because if you're playing if in in certain phases of the game you have got three at the back, two two midfielders, and then you got five men up top, basically just trying to score. Then that's attacking football by by all accounts. Like in terms of shape on pitch and all of that stuff, yeah. it is attacking football. The the biggest thing for me though is we had Pochettino, who was renowned more so as a tactical, or not a tactical, but an attacking manager. And when you're sitting in the stands, you still got all of them old geezers going, play faster, play faster, play it down the wing, play it down the wing, put some crosses in. So no one's ever really happy with the style of football. Yeah, like, of course, of course. Our fan base is not the barometer to. To complain about that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's looking at. No one's. I feel like if we if we base it on what a lot of our fan base went off, then I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I think we'll be in the dumps, dumps man. Into, a tiny into, man into, and a little nimble into, man would have to bring the foe back for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Robbie Keane too. I, th- I, I think, think like another part of this whole this whole ambition thing as well. I feel like Spurs as like a, a on a whole. Like, whether we're playing attacking... Regardless of what Mourinho says at half-time, like, regardless of whether it was Pochettino and, and more attacking football, I just feel like we don't deal with pressure very well. And I think there was a telling moment as well in, in, the, doc, in the doc when um, Levy signed uh, Berwin and he's, he's with the family. And then he says, like, you, don't, you can't disappoint Mourinho. We just spent a lot of money on you kind of thing. And it's yeah. like, oh, that's the first thing you're saying to this guy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I just think, come on, man. It's funny that you mention that because one thing I did clock with Daniel Levy is he does have these subtle conversations where he does try to install pressure on people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Having yeah. that conversation with Mourinho where he's talking about what would happen if we win this game and this game, and it's like he's subtly putting pressure on people like, "Yo, this is your job. You need to do this." Mm. He has a funny way of doing it, but the issue with that is, yeah, the pressure goes on to Mourinho, and then you see the way it sort of trickles down to like the physiology staff and and all this. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm. I don't know what kind of what kind of what kind of morale the camp gets off the back of that? But it's interesting just to see those conversations take place. Though, well, I will say like on the ambition of Liv in particular, like what you do have to acknowledge, and like I've tried to be as objective as I can about Levy, like even done a thread on Twitter, like which Pretty was fun. huge. Yeah, it was like you got to acknowledge, obviously, his. Um, his setbacks as, and shortcomings as well as the positives he's done and one thing that you have to kind of remember he has been very consistent in saying that he wants to build the foundations for us to have the long-term success although it would have been nice if we managed to like have a bit of one-off success as well like if we had won the final of Champions League or you know had a one-off title winning season like Leicester but without this Northumberland uh, development project, we we wouldn't have been able to sustain any success anyway. And then you know, if we hadn't have like followed that through, and we'd had one of success in whatever area, but kept in the old stadium, and then didn't further our success, then we'd be questioning his ambition in that sense, not transfers. Um, what I will say, which has been like a more recent shortcoming, though, is. Um, we do seem to have a little bit of a lack of foresight in the sense of transfers. Like, 
especially with the striker position, like you have to say we're kind of going into this with some more opportunistic strategy more than like a plan. clear plan of yeah. who we want to sign. Like I think, like last summer we had clear targets who we wanted. Like, okay, we need to replace Moussa Dembele, but better late than never. So we'll get in Tangi, got him straight away. We had La Celso and Sassanyung as targets for long. For whatever reason, we didn't really tie it down until the last day. But at least it was clear. And I feel like most Spurs fans knew throughout like what our targets were and what positions we were looking to actually fill. Whereas we've needed a striker for way too long now. And you feel like you just don't get the feeling at the moment that there's a clear plan or a clear like name that they want. And unfortunately, at this point, I feel like Levy's holding out for an opportunistic star player to come up on the market. And as much as I hate to say it, I think that might be Bale. Because I know how much he loves like a high-profile kind of guy. Like You see how much he flirts with Mourinho as well. Like, I really think he might unfortunately be holding out to try and do a deal for Bale. Bale's not coming. He's not coming. I don't think I, I don't even want it to happen, but I just get a funny feeling. Like I just like listen to or try and kind of keep my ears to the ground of like actions. Like why have we not signed anyone yet? It's it's insane. And the whole Doherty thing as well. Like we didn't even have a clear plan for right back. We kind of flirted with Castan, like Castagna a bit. I'm not even sure if I'm seeing his name right. But Doherty suddenly came on the market for this insane price. And we were like, okay, we'll treat ourselves to that then. Because like, he's a solid signing. Do you think that was the case? Or do you think that was one of our targets? And we just uh, I think if he was a target, I think he would have been quite far down the list. I don't think he'd be far down the list. I think he would have definitely been top of a list submitted by Mourinho. I think it's just a case of, is he attainable? Because yeah, no, I agree with that. By all accounts, he's been one of the best, best sort of right backs or right wing backs in the league since they've come up. So it's a case of is he attainable? If he's attainable, then go out and get him. But I do agree with you one hundred percent that it's there's just no with Spurs, and this goes down to that's what I'm saying. Ambition isn't simply just spending eighty million on a player. It's down to foresight, how you execute your transfers, when you execute your transfers. We knew, we've known for the best part of a year and a bit now that we need a striker. You knew we needed a striker in January. You've known we needed a striker since the season has finished. Why have we not signed someone yet? We have to play three or four matches. From, from, next, from this Sunday onwards, we have to play something like three or four matches in the space of like eight, eight days or something like that. And, you don't, and we don't have a striker in. You're waiting for the 5th of October when by the 5th of October we would have played maybe, what, seven, eight, Possibly seven or eight games. Like it's 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 ridiculous. Let's be honest, bro. If if we play all of those games, even with a backup striker, whatever profile, obviously Watkins went to went to Aston Villa, uh, Wilson went to Newcastle. If any of them men came in, let's be real. With them games being must wins, would they have started any of them over Harry Kane? It's not about no. no. Which game? No. Which games are you talking about? Any any of the first four games. Europa League or anything. Yeah, I think they would have. I think would have. Why is Harry Kane playing against FC Plodoff or whatever? He's... <laughs> it's a must-win game. It's a must-win. It's a one one leg, isn't it? It's uh, a one leg. It's a one leg, and you think you need Harry Kane to play in that game? The way we've played it, right? If you don't play Harry Kane and you lose it, then the whole time you didn't play our star man. He's on the bench. The thing is, there's no way on earth Harry Kane is going to play. Now, I promise you, 
Harry Kane is not even playing. He's not playing 90 minutes in that match. No way. No way. Hopefully he'd score two goals. And then no way. Like, I, I, I get what you, you lot are saying. It's a, it's a, it's a one... It's a one-game affair, but bruv, these are these are bummy fixtures by all accounts. Like we need to be giving bummy minutes to backup players, and we need to be keeping our better players fit. We have to play Everton, then Southampton, then Man United. Southampton away is not going to be an easy match at all. You can't tell me that you're going to play Harry Kane ninety minutes in this in this midweek fixture, and then <coughs> to be at his sharpest against a side who are hell bent on pressing us. So I, I can't see it. I just think as well, like, I don't feel like we've missed out on those, like, those names you mentioned as well. I don't feel like, me personally, I don't feel like we've missed out. It was just like, as I say, like, the clear kind of lack of planning. Like, we just don't, we just haven't identified, like, who and what we want. And there's been a lack of foresight with, like, players who we're looking to offload as well. Like, I'm not really buying the whole, like, oh, we have to sell to buy thing, like, I feel like we should have a little bit of foresight in the sense like we should know who we want to sell. We should know how much roughly we would like for these players that we'd like to sell and spend the money on like some of the players that we'd like to get in advance and then just work out the whole player sales as we go along, not wait for one to go, one to come in, one to go, one to come in. It just shows like just too much of a lack of planning. It's just too opportunistic to me. You're leaving it down more to luck of anything. So, so Sai, like, we, on the pod, I think it was either last week or the week before, like, we were praising the way in which Daniel Levy sort of swiftly acted with, with, with um, Doherty. Like, there wasn't any sort of rumours lurking. The minute you heard about him, two days later, he was signed. That's how, mm. like, it's not about spending big. That's how you, and that's a player who can genuinely improve pretty much most sides in the Premier League with the exception of maybe two or three. That's how you move. It's not just, as I said, it's not just literally just doling out the cash. It's how you move in the windmill. What's, what's the cut-off point for people to be happy for, for when players come in, though? Because, again, last year, first day of the window, Ndombele got signed, didn't it? So, yeah, but then how long, how many days did we have to wait until the next first team signing? Wasn't it deadline day? So, so basically, what, we got, we got to basically go on a shopping spree to... Let's speak just briefly on like our next opponents. Um, it's, it's Everton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've gone on a bit of a shopping spree, we could say. Yeah, like, would you swap our window with their window? I mean, does anybody want to go through who they signed quickly just to refresh us? They signed Nkuku on a free transfer, the left back. You know, I wouldn't take him. They signed James Rodriguez for 22 million. Again, that one is it's an iffy one. I don't know. I think that's a good signing. I think that's a good, it is signing. A good signing. It is a good signing, but I don't know. I don't know. What's that? <laughs> Is it your ambition, yes? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Wait, how old is he? Twenty nine. Twenty nine years old. Yeah. I mean, injury if he's injury free, if he's injury free, then you know you could be onto something. But again, like he's been at two top clubs, and interestingly, both of them didn't keep him. So I'm interested to see what his what someone would look at his last hurrah would be like in a league that he probably isn't used to, and is there's going to be a lot of expectation on him. Whereas at clubs like Bayern and Real Madrid, 
he was just, you know, one of, you know, he was just in the mix. Whereas now he really is a big fish in amongst uh, a lot of those players who are probably not even on, nowhere probably near his technical level or even his source star level. I'd be interested to see how he gets on. I think Ancelotti massively was the pull there. But mm-hmm. if he thinks that he isn't going to come to the Prem and have the pressure to perform from the, from the, from the go-get, then boy. I think, I, think, I think the fee, 22 million, for a player, like you said, of his technical quality, you take the risk. You take, mm-hmm. you take the fact, you take the possibility that he could pick up knocks. Because I think for that, for that money in this window as well, or in this market, I think I think it's well worth the risk, and Everton have the money as well. I don't think I'd swap him for any of our players, but I do want it on. Would you swap him for Deli Ali? Mm, no, 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 I wouldn't. I'd swap him for Lamella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd do that. I wouldn't swap him for Ali. I wouldn't swap him for Ali, but he is a better technic. Technically, he's a better footballer than Ali. I just I wouldn't swap him for Ali because I think Ali's twenty-four years old. I think he's got. He's still got scope for improvement and he was once upon a time a big player for us. And I think I'm hoping Ali can get back to those levels. But right now, if you ha- if you ask me who do I think is better at the two, I'm gonna say James Rodriguez is better, better than Deli Ali. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, I think I think I'd probably say that as well, to be honest with you. But I do acknowledge that Ham Rodriguez at the end of his career and Deli Ali isn't yet. Deli Ali still got another, you know, five, six years. Of, of of playing good football and I, and I still think although Rodriguez is technically a better footballer than Deli Ali I think Deli Ali is a more complete complete footballer in terms of his running ability um in terms of I I even like his composure in advanced areas which is something that I feel like Spurs has been missing I think our our tactic now is 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 get it to the wing move the ball quickly and you know try and cut in or try and find a clever pass whereas I feel Deli Ali was slowing down possession in advanced areas and giving uh, an opportunity for more link-up play, whereas I don't see us doing that, that much anymore. But perhaps that's not really Mourinho's style. That's perhaps more style under Poch, to be fair. Oh, I think... What do you think of this, though? Because, um, like, you, you said something there. I'm trying to remember what it, what it was. But you said something there uh, about James Rodriguez, how um, he's sort of like, this is his peak, like, He's this is this is as good as it's gonna get for him, like yeah. I'm not expecting him to go up several more gears. Whereas you said Ali's got many more, like he's got like probably a couple more years to go before yeah. we probably even see him back to his best. And I feel like that's the same. I, I echo that sentiment for pretty much all of the signings they've made so far. I think Alan, who's 29 years old, he's gonna be 30 years old. I think this is the best he's gonna get. I think Bukore, 28 years old. I think I don't expect him to go up uh several gears. I still think he's a good player, but the problem, well, it's not really a problem, but the, 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 the reason behind the discussion we're having today is because if you look at those names that they signed, man for man, there are quite, there's probably like, Decore especially, I made a comment today that he's, I think Decore is better than Sissoko and better than Winks. And Bear Man were telling me that Oh, I can't believe you said that. Ooh, I don't know. 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 If it's PMP, he's not better than Soko. I'll tell you that. Off, off, off the back. PMP is not better than him. Forget like, about If we're talking about talk about technical ability, I mean, I actually, if you look, if you look at like, if you look at the career, I like his style of play. Like box to box, very tall, gangly, gets around the pitch. But 
I also think as well, someone like him, like he's a bit of a rough sort of player in the sense that like when you watch him, like there's lots to his game that probably could improve. But in Watford, like the role he was given, because you think about even the lap parts of his time at Watford, he was pushed forward a bit more. He was doing bits, but not really, you know, like if we're really talking about Ducouré, I'm thinking of him, honestly, as a long distance shooter when it comes to scoring. That's probably like uh, an attribute of his that I'd probably look at. Whereas if someone said to me, all right, Winks, I think Winks is very good on the ball. He's very good at passing the ball. He's very good at trapping it. He's, he's very good at finding cute spaces to open up play. And he can probably play a number of different positions quite well. I don't think if you ask me to pick between the two, yeah. I know I'm picking Harry Winks every time. Like, I like the curry, and actually, he's someone that I thought could probably even replace Dembele. But at 28, for the price he's going, or Winks, I think I definitely pick Winks. I like, and I'm, mad low, I, would, I think it's low hanging fruit to compare anyone coming into another club to Sizoko, who is literally just a utility man. Like, <laughs> that dude is just a squaddy. He's a squaddy. He's we've been playing more than he needs to, right? But this Harry Wink slander's got to stop, man. Like, <laughs> I like Harry Wink. <laughs> no, man. I like Harry Wink. Yeah, any of my friends, I stick like, up for Harry Winks, but you can't tell me that he's better than Ducouré. What does bro, he? Bro, I even think. I even think. Harry Winks can run like dribble with the ball better than the Corey. I'm not gonna. He doesn't do it. He can. There's a difference can. between what you can do he and what role you're playing. Opportunity. Exactly. 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 So, so, so let's forget. Let's remember this. Harry Winks is a central midfielder. He's not a defensive midfielder. His game is based on progressing that ball. Mm. So, if I put Harry Winks to play the eight position, I put the Corey to play the eight position. You cannot tell me that Harry Winks is going to do a better job at progressing the ball than yeah, he has. Because he's a better ball carrier and he's just as good a passer. He's just as good a passer. Your core is good a passer. Is yeah, come on, man. Nah. The core egg? Nah, impossible, impossible. The core egg could have gone. He could not go to Burnabout. He could not go to Burnabout and boss things. Simple. He could exactly. like, I, I could not see a performance. Any, I'm, like, I, I get your point about the Corey, but I just couldn't see any performance which he would be in the team where he would go away to Madrid and Boston. I, bro, do, I don't see it, bro. I hear that. I hear that because Harry Winks, that's a good quality he has. He's, he is press resistant. But what I'm telling you is when he's on the ball versus when Decore's on the ball, Decore makes things happen that Winks can't. Decore makes good off-the-ball runs into the box that Winks can't. Decore dribbles with the ball in a way that Winks can't. I'm telling you, man, as a whole, Winks' whole style of play is about ball retention in our team. That's why he's there. He's there. Well, he's central midfielder, though. They're different type of players, but I'm, he's a central midfielder. They're different type of players. one way to play a central midfielder. What's there's, that? There's multiple roles in centre midfield. I just said that though. There's different. There's different. There's different ways. No, you it's the same thing they said about Modric, isn't it? That, that's all yeah, I'm saying. Not. No, 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 no. Same no. thing that people said. Lads, lads, no, no, no. What did he do? What did he do? Used to say that. Where's my mug? I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to have that because I think it's I think it's disgrace. One, I thought I thought those comments at the time were disgraceful. And two, I think it's even more disgraceful that you're comparing Luka Modric to Harry Winks. Like, there but is a clear... Winks has modelled his game around Modric. He hasn't, so because his partner is on, on a basic level. I'm not saying that he's world player of the year calibre Modric. Modric no. is the best footballer I've seen at Spurs. What I'm saying is the role that he looks to play 
the ability to pick the ball up from a centre back and push it. That's what he does. Same thing. Mm. Just do it different. I agree. I think that like the issue with Winks, I think people's issues with him tend to be from like those who don't necessarily respect his role in the team. Precisely. I respect his role. I, as I said, I like I like Harry Winks. I was there at the Burnabout. I was there at Wembley. I was there whenever. I've seen this guy ball out. Were you drunk? Arsenal, huh? Were you drunk? At Barcelona, at Barcelona, at the new camp, the game we drew 1-1, him and Ericsson by far and away were our best two midfielders. Like he was class. You think Decore is doing that at the new camp? Yeah, but like like Sai said, they're different. Uh, different types of players. It's true, it's true, it's true. They are different types yeah. of midfielders. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying I would much rather have Decore as a player than Harry Winks. And then who would who would you play next to Decore to make sure that we retain the ball? Listen, listen. I'm not putting together the final jigsaw yet. What I'm telling you is that a name I've seen a name that Everton have signed. I've seen someone trash the name that Everton have signed, and I've simply made a comment to say, "Why are you getting onto that specific name when that specific name?" is a better football player currently than one of the names in our team. That's all I've said. That is all I've said. I, I think we should be comparing Decore and Sissoko more than anything. Then he's better than Sissoko as well, though. He's Who gets in the France squad? What? So Sissoko is somehow still getting in the France squad. <laughs> They're both number eight <laughs> for, for France, no? Again, Sissoko, Sissoko, a lot of Spurs fans give him bare stick. I like Sissoko. I think he's a steady player. He's he's reliable, and I think he's someone in the big games. He can do the dirty job, the dirty work well. And I think he's way better defensively than than Decore. But the problem, the problem mm. with Decore is on the ball, he leaves a lot to be desired. And in that in area, third, yeah. in, that, in that area, Decore is leaps and bounds better than Sissoko. Yeah. Leaps and bounds better than Sissoko. He's got a better IQ though. That's what I'm saying. As I said, overall. Man for man, that three man midfield that Everton has signed, there's a lot of arguments to be said that they are bet they are better on paper than a lot of mid. I say a lot, a few midfielders in our team. But if you were to ask me, would I swap that midfield for our midfield? I wouldn't. Ours has scope for growth, and ours has Indombele. So of course I'm not going to swap it. But oh, I'm not also gonna, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I'm not oh, going to lie. If you I like. I like that question though. I like that, yeah. Like, thinking now, like, our midfields are going to be... Obviously, it might not be those three against against the specific three that we spoke of, innit? But next, um, end of the week, we're going to have the, the two teams meeting Sunday, 4.30, I think it is. So, <laughs> what are the predictions, man? What's going to happen? Like, who, who, who's, who's going into... Who are you going to that game thinking is going to run that midfield? Harry Winks, man of the match. Can I just say as well, like I um, spoke on the pod about a predicted lineup a few weeks ago, and I think I'm going to be pretty much spot on with it. Apart from the right back, um, this is who I thought it was. Like the question was like, who do you think, not who do you prefer? So it was Loris. Um, I said the trialist would be right back, but I imagine now that will probably be Doherty. Yeah. Uh, Dier teaches Pat Toby. Ben Davis, uh, double pivot of Hoybier and Winks with Delielli Ten and Son Lucas Kane. Yeah. And I think we're going to win that 2 0. I'm not yeah. sure. Did you say you said Cecil on the left, right? 
Uh, ben <laughs> Davis. Ben I want Sess on the left. I think it'll be Davis. Ever <laughs> 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 trust me? Do you think Delhi Ali will start? Sneak them in, man. I think Ali. I think Ali. Yeah. Celso is still injured. Ali will start. Celso is injured. I think. Harry Winks returned to training on what, like Tuesday or something like that. So I think that lineup is pretty much spot on. Maybe Sissoko could come in, but Maybe, I imagine yeah. I imagine he'll play he'll play Winks and yeah. Oibier to sort of push up and win the ball high up instead of. I think uh, uh, masterclass on 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 Hammers if he starts. I reckon that's one thing as well that I like about Huberg. Like he likes not only does he like to take the ball off the back, but he actually presses very, very high up the pitch as well. And actually, that can sometimes be infectious in a midfield where you want people to put the pressure on the defenders when they have it. Because I think in the, one of the preseason friendlies as well, I think him pressing quite high up led to a mistake which allowed um, Delhi to assist Sun. So I think, like, I'll be inj- I'm really looking forward to seeing him, to seeing him play um, for us. Because I think, like, someone like him just adds a different dynamic to us, man. Like, and I feel like if we're looking at the Spurs team and the midfield, like having a technician in there, like alongside Winks and alongside Dele, alongside Ndombele, I mean, I think for us it's going to make a massive difference, man. Because all these game, all these, all these times where we would be dilly dallying, be it, be a bit delayed on the ball, a bit laboured, passing it sideways, we have someone now who actually has a, the ability to move the ball on and move it on well. So I think. Like, this is a massive, massive thing for our midfield. And hopefully, like, you know, it works to our advantage as well. Like, we the should win. To Owen's lineup is Berwin. I'd put Berwin in for I, I would love to see. Over Lucas. But I just yeah. think it would be Lucas. Be. Owen's Steve. Right. I, think he'll start, yeah. I think he'll start Lucas ahead of, ahead of Bergwijn. But Probably I agree. Like, I'd love to see Bergwijn start. Yeah. Also, um, I'm looking at Everton's sort of like missing players and it looks like they've got a lot of midfielders out. So there's a big chance that we will see that midfield three, I think, the Corey Allen and um, Rodriguez alongside maybe Gomez if he makes it. But they've got um, Gabamin, Delph and Gomez is doubtful too. So Yeah, Gabamin, he's been injured for like, for yeah, like, yeah. like a year or so. Like, it's how, how, about, how about Sigerson? Sigerson though? He's dead. Sigerson's there, yeah. Sigerson's there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm surprised he ain't left yet, to be honest. Um, he's 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 fell off a cliff in the past year or so. But I think with Everton, ambitious signing for them, no? Good <laughs> <laughs> the money on him. <laughs> they paid too much money for him. How him. much did they pay for him? Thirty or fifty? Mm-hmm. They paid forty-five. Too much money. Oh my god! Five. Me. Stop mentioning oh, Iwobi as well, because Iwobi was a rubbish signing. <laughs> It won't be worth a rubbish signing. Everyone said it. No, no, no. That's not ambition. That's just stupidness. And that's what were you on the The season huh? before, he had like seven assists in it. He's he was dead. He's a player for them. Nah. Was it 30 M's for a Huh? Was it 30 M's for a Wobby? 40. 40. 40. 40. 40. 40. 40. 40. 40. 40. Arsenal done a madness on that one, I'll tell you. Yeah. With Everton... There, um, I can't remember what his role is. I think he's like the sporting director, Marcel Brands. This is probably the best summer he's had for as long as I can remember being in the job, where he's actually signed players that mm. are going to come in and give you an immediate return in the team. Because he signed like before. It's just they're just blowing money on duds. They've been blowing money on duds for years. Did he sign Richarlison? I thought that was a really good buy. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah. Richarlison, yeah. Okay. One. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I was going to say that's probably. Sorry, that's two. 
That's <laughs> oh, I think I think if you go down the list of list of players, every every time they bought, you can argue with Wobi if you want because I think he's shit. But just for just for banter, <laughs> dead 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 baller. But um, no, like Richarlison, Sigurdsson, Gomez, even like Bernard, all of these men are. are Guys that Everton fans will probably be like, oh shit, we're going to compete with Liverpool. And then they realise reality hits like a brick house, innit? And they're still shit. Mm. But it's one of them things, innit? It's, that's their level. Their level is to get dregs from other teams, innit? They rarely buy it's true. players that are going to develop and become more. I don't think they're competing for top four. And I don't think no they chance. have no signings which are displaying that they have ambitions to compete for the top four, to be honest. I think they'll, they'll be satisfied with some Europa League and maybe coming somewhere close. Um, and yeah, as you said, picking up players who are either past their best or didn't live up to their expectations, like Awobi, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, we're a level above that now, man. And I think they're kind of like what Spurs used to be. I think they're a good example of the type of club which Spurs were going back five, six years ago, maybe. Um, but I think the challenge for us now is it's really difficult to improve. We talk a lot about a second striker. It's really difficult to improve our player, or improve our squad. We can make it, we can, we, can add, we can add to depth. We can get more players, more squad players, etc. But in terms of buying players now that are a step above what we've got already and being able to afford them and then being able to attract them up um, in comparison to the other clubs, that's where I think we're going to struggle. Mm. 100%. I agree. Um, Definitely. Coming, Especially coming off the back of like the failed Janssen experiment and then mm-hmm. Lorente, what profile of player do you go to back up Harry Kane? Exactly. There's not really anyone out there. Like, yeah. Who? But I mean, like, look at look at the really? price of like Ollie Watkins. Would you be happy with Ollie Watkins for thirty five? No, 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 no. Do you know what I gassed? I, I gassed him up. I gassed him up. It's I just, like. If you look you at it, was like, cheap, yeah. he's he's done very well in the championship, but in hindsight, when I look at it, I suppose he's largely unproven, um, and it's quite a big amount of money to put for someone who's essentially going to be a replacement for Harry Kane. Um, I'm interested to see how he gets on because I think he is a good player. I think he's a better option than who did who did they buy? Is it Wesley that they had um, up Wesley. front of Villa for Villa? So he had a bad. Injury, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I feel like with someone like Grealish behind him, um, what's, what's, the, what's the other guy in midfield? Is it the Brazilian guy or was it? Oh, Louise. Yeah, Louise as well. I think these are kind of players that are going to be happy to have someone like Watkins. Like, I I think 28 plus 5 plus for add-ons, it's, it's a lot, man, for someone who's basically never played a Premiership game before. Too much. But yeah. again, like I think he's twenty six, I think, or twenty twenty four, twenty six. So you know, it's a big gamble. But I suppose they've someone's got to go for it. And it is a bit funny when you read in the media about how Tottenham were potentially actually in the offing, but again, financially they weren't really willing to put up. And then Villa kind of stole in um, for him. So you know what? Fair play to him. Like you know, I was really excited for him because I think he's a decent player so I'll be, I'll be definitely watching him this season but again like someone I do like the like of I do like the look of is this guy from Red Bull Salzburg but 
Yeah, Pats and Ducker. Yeah. yeah, so Pats and Ducker looks like a decent prospect. 21 year old, six feet from Zambia, basically bought for like 225k, um, and has been playing for RB, RB Salzburg for the last three seasons. In which last season it was his breakout 21 goals or 24 goals in 31 games, eight assists. And he seems to be the kind of player like I think we should kind of be going for because he has scored a lot of goals. You know, he's won things that albeit it's just the Austrian league. You know, he's kind of got the stature of, of a player that Marina kind of likes. He's quick, which is something Mourinho also likes. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why, why would we sign him, though? Because clearly, no one can play back up to Harry Kane. Harry Kane... Whoa, whoa. No one no, can come no, in and sit on the bench. No, That's what we hear, right? That's what we hear, right? If you look at someone like that, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what we hear, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the option. But you would think that someone like that, he would probably want to improve himself. And even if it meant... Like, if it, if it meant he was learning from someone like Harry Kane or at least coming to England or playing in the Premiership or even as the reason we paid for him or got the manager in, the draw of Jose Mourinho. You would think that that would be something that we could possibly look at. And I keep saying this, and I think that people don't realise this, and I know it sounds negative and, and bad, but we need to be thinking of life post-Harry Kane because Harry Kane is a winner mm-hmm. and winners don't want to lose. They will not stay in an environment where there are other losers. They want to win. So if he's looking at the bigger scheme of things and thinking, if Tottenham don't win this season, I'm out, then we should also be thinking as a football club, prioritise getting someone in so that next summer it won't be a case where we have only one striker or no striker. Like, then I, I don't know, personally, that's my, that's my opinion. You know what, you know, tell that to Sai and tell that to all the other fans who keep thinking that... It's like breaking it's a fort knock to sign a backer. You would think signing a backer at Spurs is equivalent to escaping Guantanamo Bay. I swear to God. Let's 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 break it down then. So Harry Kane having ambition to go elsewhere to win something, right? But then we're we're expecting a backup to come in and show ambition to potentially try and take the position of our star talisman while he's still at the club right and we're basically we're basically also saying that instead of getting the getting the however much money that harry kane will fetch and buying someone of equal quality and showing ambition when that eventuality happens to try and beat the curve and get someone who might not work like for me for me it's a bit backwards we need a backup to kane in case he gets injured we don't need some no one's going to challenge for harry kane's spot yeah. Not gonna happen. We yeah, know but, it's not gonna happen. But I don't think Tops is saying that he this guy's gonna come in and immediately challenge for his spot. He's saying that this guy's gonna come in and we have a long-term vision for him. So even if Harry Kane but is that ambition or is that or is that the same the same No, it, you know admittedly it could be a hit and hope. And, and and that's genuinely how I see it. Like I've always said it, and I've said it a number of times on this pod, no matter who we get. If we don't get a second striker, it's gross negligence because we can't keep putting the can't keep putting the pressure mm. on no, Harry Kane. No, not 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 just because I agree I'm with a, that. not just no, because I'm not a fan. But I just think as a as a top six club with Harry Kane with the history of injuries, you have to just you have to protect him. And only if it means buying a striker, be it Patson Dakar, be it uh, Milik, be it 
Dini. You just have to no, get no, someone. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 because, no, you have, you have to get somebody. Because at the end of the day, name you know, with, with the number of games we have, we just, we can't go in, like, I just, I just, I know people say it's like, I'm being like, I want too much, but I just feel like, as a striker, we need to have another one, just, just to help him, if anything, like, the games are going to build up, and the pressure's going to be higher because we're going to want to be competing in, in a lot of these games. And Harry Kane, fine, we've got Lucas and we've got, we've got Son. But actually, how about trying a, a different approach where we have someone who maybe offers something different or is willing to try and push for that first team spot? Yes, he might not break into the first team or push Harry Kane out of the team. But actually, at least we've got someone who knows that when they're coming in, they're going to be hungry. They're going to want to score. They, they're going to know their role and they're going to get on with it. Top, you, know, like, top, you are not wrong. You are not wrong. And I want you to know that what the equivalent of you asking for a second striker is the equivalent of us, of someone, a, a malnourished kid getting breakfast and lunch and someone telling him he can't have dinner. That is what they're telling you now, where you're saying you can't have a second striker. That's what they're telling you. We've got oh, some so breakfast and lunch. Question is solely, my, my question is solely, what is the profile of player that is that everyone's pining for. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know, bro. Like, this is it. I really don't know. I'm hearing... Sorry, I'm hearing you know, Sorry, you know no. there's, there's a few... There's a few... Bottom of the barrel there, bro. But guys, guys, guys. Listen, can, I, can I just change your question ever so slightly, Sam? Yeah. I just want to go around you and just ask, like, every person, would you be happy if Dakar came? Like, so, Owen, happy with Dakar? I'm happy with Dakar. Like, I feel like a profile player who is a young and upcoming forward who we feel has the potential to be at least like a top-level league striker. Like A young striker tends to be able to play out wide as well. And, you know, like that profile of a young striker who can play out wide as well is what I would aim for. If not just like generally, I like a top striker who can play out wide as well. Because no matter what, whether Kane's in or out the team, you're gonna get minutes. Yeah. Uh, Toby, happy with Dakar? I'll take him. Yeah. If Tops. the club, have, oh, if the club have done their due diligence on him, um, then I'll take him. The Salzburg test doesn't fail. We see, we see what the android at, at Dortmund. <laughs> 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 We've seen Minamino, like we see what we see what they're producing over there. So if he's at Salzburg and he's highly rated, then I'll take your word for it and get him in because we need another mm. backup. Tops, would you have him? Like even if you haven't seen him, just just would you? Yeah, bro, no, nah, yeah? I, I would have him. One of the reasons I also like him as well, and I was saying in the group, like he kind of gives me that like Mane vibe in the sense that like you know that he just loves his football and he's probably grounded and he probably looks like you know. A night before a match, he's reading his Bible instead of certain <laughs> generational talents who are calling up Icelandish chicks <laughs> asking them to come over and that, you know? You know? At least you know you can trust him. The manager can put faith in him, you know? Like, there's going to be no trouble with him. But generally, yeah, man, like, I think he's the sort of player that we sh I would like to go for him. And, like, he does look like a, 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 a prospect, in my opinion. But that's just my, that's just my own, you know, my own opinion. Sure? Would you have him? Yeah, yeah I take him. He, look, he looks versatile. I think he's, he's someone who I think can be coached well. And I think he would gel in quite nicely with the Spurs squad. Because, I mean, when we're playing good football, we tend to spread it around quite a lot. And I think he, he's someone who can play the, play, well, run off the ball, come in, come in, hold the ball up, 
play off of a man um, and link up the football quite well. So for me, he'd be a decent option, to be fair. And sir? I might have to Google the brother. It's too cool to say this fade, isn't it? I'm yeah. going to take Lewis right now, man. I'm going to have to Google him, but I'll take man's word for it. We just need a body in, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. I, At I this think point... it's totally valid. We need depth up top. We've got it in, 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 in the way of like uh, Lucas and Son. They can do a job there, but having a dedicated striker to back up Kane is necessary. So if... Yeah. As 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 uh, Tobe said, if the club have done their due diligence on him, fair enough. But me, on a personal note, man's gonna have to do like the highlight video tour and all of that shit to know who the football fuck manager is. scout report. Like, <laughs> there's no shame in it. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> it's over one FIFA or something. But lads, before uh, we wrap up, did we uh, did we do predictions for Everton? I know we said like who we thought man of the matches and stuff would be, but did we do score predictions? No, we didn't. Yeah, I did. Right. 2-1. We don't keep clean sheets early in the season. Uh, Owen, what do you think? Uh, I'll still say 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. Tops. Oh, sorry. Winks. Uh, I say 2-0. Two, uh, two Kane brace. Obi? I say um, I'm going to go 2-1. Teach? Um, I'm going to go 2-0. Kane and Kane and Ali if he plays. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna stick my neck out. I'm gonna say four five. Fucking <laughs> <Okay>, hell! <laughs> Let's see what happens, man. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Yeah, for me, I just feel like I've seen this movie before, man. Okay. Tried to the team at once. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton! Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura, and on that note, <laughs> and belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura. Clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First hand here to Son. Kane. Good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal. Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot. And with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line. And Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yenmin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. Sports Social Podcast Network.